This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we uncover stories, ideas, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of deep love, relationships, and good sex. Oh, and a little bit of manifestation sprinkled in there too. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bedside Podcast. I'm your host, Tatiana. If you're new here and if you're not, welcome. It's Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. I'm so excited to be sharing this episode with you today. So today, my guest is Carrie Barber. She is the founder of Make Beauty, and truly, Carrie is somebody who I... She actually was one of the first people that I met when I moved to LA, and I believe I was linked to her through a friend who formerly worked at Glossier. You'll here in the episode, we were like trying to place how we met one another or who we met one another through a little bit blurry, but (laughs) nonetheless, Carrie is someone who I instantly met and I was just like, okay, you are going to be my friend. (laughs) And she is someone who we have found each other like floating around one another, always in like different like mutual friend circles. It's so funny. You'll hear on the episode, like we physically ran into each other one time at a trade show in Las Vegas. Hysterical. We ended up going out, having a great night. Vegas is so much fun. I love Vegas. So many people are surprised when I say that. And I'm like, no, I love Vegas. It's probably because I've only ever, if you guys are like familiar with Vegas, I've only ever stayed at the Wynn, which is this hotel that is so chic and it has like Frank Sinatra vibes. And I ended up loving, this is a side tangent. I'm so sorry. We're just going here for a second. I ended up loving this hotel so much that on my drive back from Vegas, I put on a podcast episode, <laughs> a podcast episode about the interior designer who designed the Wynn Hotel. And it was phenomenal. Like every single detail that this designer talked about, I was like, yes, I understand. I'm aligned. You did your job because I left your hotel feeling this exact way. Anyways, so I love Vegas. So much fun. I had a run in with Carrie there. We had such a great time. But getting back to the point, (laughs) today I am chatting with her all about really how she got into the beauty space, what got her passionate about breaking into the beauty space. And she even shares kind of the parallels that beauty and sexual wellness have. It's a very interesting, like her take on really like the different markets and the industry of confidence, really, if you will. And tapping into your authenticity. She shares a lot of tips around, you know, even if you're someone like me, I share like I am not someone who wears a ton of heavy makeup every day. I'm kind of more of like a, you know, BB cream and like brow gel sort of gal. But when I want to go out, I like to really play with my makeup. And she kind of gives a lot of tips on how we can like lean more into our playfulness, especially around how we self-express and the way that we find our confidence. She's just such a wealth of knowledge. Carrie is someone like truly is so magnetic. She knows so many people and she's so loved by so many people. And I'm just really happy that she came on bedside to just share some of her light, share some of her tips, and just really how she made her way into the beauty and wellness category. It's so exciting. And also what I love about Carrie is she's just so deeply creative. She is the founder and also like creative director behind Make, and she has completely transformed the brand into something so iconic and so unique, and it's really, really exciting to just like 
see and watch her creativity unfold in so many different ways. And I just hope that you leave a little bit more inspired after today's conversation. So without further ado, please welcome Carrie Barber to the Bedside Podcast. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to Bedside. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited you're here. We had, (laughs) Carrie and I actually had an interview months ago Mm -hmm. and then I messed up the recording and I was like, girl, you just got to get to the studio. We are, we're going to do it in person. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. I love you because, well, first off, I'm just so excited to have you on. (laughs) And I love you too. I adore you and I feel like I love our relationship because I feel like we're like always orbiting in like circles around one another. Like it's just so funny how our paths cross all the time. And I met you through, I can't even remember how I met, like who linked us up. Was it Amy? I don't remember either. I feel like it was something Glossier related. It was something Glossier related. And then anyways, we met up and then like we've we've just had really funny run-ins since. Like remember when I ran into you in Las Vegas? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Was we were it like that Yeah, it was that Cosmoprof. Yeah. And the uh, NBA Summer League. Yeah. I was like, hey. see all these like, tall men? <laughs> You're like, I'm with a tall man. I'm like, oh. Wait, we were, yeah, we were dying because, okay, so NBA Summer League was happening in Vegas at that time and there were all these players walking around the win and Carrie Carrie and I are both tall girls. Yeah. How tall are you? I'm six foot. You're taller than I am though. No fucking way. Yeah. I'm 5'11". Well, maybe you're taller. I don't know. We're the same. We're the same. <laughs> Honestly, I could <laughs> say I'm day. six foot. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on the day. You're wearing heels. You're yeah. definitely like 6'2 right now. Yeah, today I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we were walking around like the entire yeah. wind complex just being like, Oh, hey. <laughs> I The whole time I was like, wow, hello. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Looking up like, hey. <laughs> this is new. This yeah. is a good change of pace. This was a fun summer. Yeah, that was a fun summer. Anyways, so you are the founder of Make Beauty, mm-hmm. yeah, which is epic. And you guys are crushing it. And it was fun running into you at Vegas at Cosmohoff because you were like sourcing packaging and like chatting yeah. with all your vendors, which... I always have so much fun at those trade shows because I feel like it's so creative. You're yeah. Like, oh my God. Like it's it's fun to like physically hold all of the goods. Yeah. But yeah, so you're the founder of Make and I, I always love to hear that people are like, it's doing it's killing it. You know, because like I it's so insular to me. Like I'm focused on one thing and you know, that thing is also like happening next year. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm so in it that I love to hear people's perception of the brand because, like, I'm obviously it's mine. I'm like really hard on myself. It doesn't ever feel like it's like doing what everyone else is doing, even though like we're doing fine. Yeah, we're doing great. No, you we're guys like are right on track. Yeah, you're right on track. <laughs> what is your most like? Just in terms of like the business, where is your head like most at? Because I know that you really come from like the creative space. Honestly, if you want to tell people like kind of your come up and like how you got to where you are. Yeah. So, I mean, I've worked in beauty my entire adult professional life. Started at Sephora and I've always been on like a brand marketing team. And when I started, I got lucky because they were really, Sephora was focusing on digital, which this is like 2012. So, this is very early into e-com. And like brands didn't even have Instagrams. No. Like Instagram <laughs> was maybe a year old at this point. Wow. Maybe. Like new. And also this idea of content and commerce had not really emerged yet, but, you know, introduced into the gloss. And 
Violet Gray had just launched at that time and Sephora was focusing so much on their digital teams and creating like these like little microsites almost for brands. Like I worked on a Marc Jacobs Beauty where you just like create an editorial for shopping, which now seems like really obvious. Like if you don't have the editorial, how can you shop? Yeah. You know, (laughs) if I can't see it in, you know, in situ, like how am I going to buy this thing? So I just got like, that was kind of right place, right time. I was finally doing something that I wanted to do, which was hard for me to identify in college because like art direction wasn't really a job that I could easily, you know, find a degree Yes, for. So yeah, I worked at Sephora. I was obsessed with Into the Gloss and Violet Gray. And I was like, I'm going to move to New York and like find a way to work for Emily Weiss, which like there was no Glossier at this point. So yeah. You know, By the way, just to like quickly interrupt you here, Into the Gloss was such a huge inspiration for Bedside. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but no. I was like the same way people are like going into people's bathrooms and being like, what are your beauty products? Are you using Bo- – like are you getting Botox? Like tell me like yeah. let's go under the covers. Yeah. I was like I want to do that but with sex and intimacy. Yeah. And that's like the origin story of Bedside. Yeah. I which is that. so crazy. Like yeah. I, I feel like I'm like I owe – obviously Emily Weiss did so much – in impacting the industry, but yeah. like it's just, it's so wild to see kind of all of the different channels. Yeah. Well, and I mean, those two things, like beauty and like sex, like those two things are so based in like peer to peer recommendations. Like there is no better marketing than me being like, I'm obsessed with this mascara, and you're like, I have to get it. Yeah. You know, like, or if you're talking to a friend and you're just like, talking about sex and you're like, I want to try this thing. Like, what should I do? You know, like, I think that's almost, I mean, that's like such an untapped like world because it's hard to talk about sex or even like research sex without it being porn. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're like, what is this thing? And I'm like, oh, 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 is it? I thought it was something different. (laughs) No, but it's so true because I feel like those are the conversations you have, like, really with, like, girlfriends, like, with glasses of wine, and it takes a second to warm up to be, like, okay, like, let's actually, like, what are you doing? Right. Why are you doing this? Yeah. But, yeah, beauty, you're so right. Like, beauty has that exact same intersection of word of mouth. I think that's something that, like, I'm obsessed with and why I – because originally I was, like, I'm going to be in fashion, and then I wanted to be a fashion filmmaker or maybe an artist. I'm not sure. But when I started at Sephora – it was like that connection to to complete strangers. Like I could meet someone that I have nothing in common with and be obsessed over something. Like it's kind of that like common ground that you can find with someone, which I think is so important. On top of like products making you feel good, having that thing that you can rely on that you just know, you know, like makes you feel good. And even now, sometimes I'm like, that feels trivial, but I'll be like, I'm in a bad mood. I'm going to put makeup on. And I'm like, that was therapeutic and I feel better. Yes. You know? 100%. Yeah. Like there's the ritual to it, yeah. which I feel like is so important and like has the capacity to really turn your day around. I wanted to kind of like chat with you because this is reminding me like there's something so interesting. I, you know, I think a lot of like marketing messaging talks about beauty and confidence and all mm-hmm. of those different like intersections, but there's some truth to it. Yeah. How do you see like that having played out in your life or like how are you kind of incorporating that with make and like your guys's mission? I'm the founder of Make As It Is Now because it was a brand that existed before and it was originally founded in 2013. Like 
in this era of beauty. And their original tagline was, you make beauty what it is. And I think like of that time, you know, the Into the Gloss, the Violet Grays, the social media of beauty, like that's when that messaging became like actually real. People resonated with it. It wasn't like some big, huge company being like, you make it whatever you want, but also make sure it's this thing, you know, or like (laughs) it looks this way. And I think that was something of, of the original brand that was important to bring through because it was it was one of the first brands to be like that, to say like it's about expression and there's no one right way to do it. You know, like now we all, I constantly am just like seeing all these different looks and everyone has their own take on it. And I think like that is what, to me, that's like what, that's the fun of beauty, especially like with makeup. And then I think too that it's important to, the confidence I think comes with like a trusting your products and knowing that they're going to work. <laughs> I think a lot of people like just as an example, like with eyeliner, for example, the number one question I get is about like how to wear eyeliner. And I'm like, yeah. first of all, just practice, you know, like find a way that makes it work for you. This is how I do it, you know, because I know that it's foolproof and there's like a confidence in knowing that like I can put on a cat wing, you know, or not always. Like there are some time, <laughs> there are some days where I'm like, oh, I chose violence and I <laughs> decided I was going to do winged eyeliner today. But you know, it's like also just knowing that it's not supposed to look a certain way. Like yeah, you again, you get to make it what you want it to be. Yeah. And I see a lot of, I think a lot of brands obviously know that this is important, and it's just the reality of of how it is. And like everyone looks different. Understanding what looks good on you also you know, I think gives people confidence, but there's a lot, I think brands and products should just support like what that means for you. Yeah. I hope that, you know, like I'm very mindful of that in our messaging and also like our products have to work at the end of the day. And that's like what our job is, you know, is to like make products that are really good and not like too precious or too expensive where you're just like, oh, maybe it's like, I don't know. I can't really you know, I don't want to have to like spend all the money or like, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? But. Yeah, totally. Another thing I'm hearing that you're saying is like having the freedom to like experiment and mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. And there's something so, and, and I say this across like even when I'm talking about sex too, like it's not like a one size fits all situation. Yeah. It's like, let's have fun. Let's experiment. Let's play around and get creative and figure out what works for us. And I feel like that's where like the confidence comes and that's where like the joy of it comes instead of like being like, I need to have an outcome like this. Yeah. It has to look like that. Cat eye has to look like this. You know, it's more just like, okay, how can I actually like enjoy the entire process, including the outcome and have that completely like transform my mood and my energy totally and it just gives you like space to like have fun which is ultimately like what it's about yeah you know like with makeup for me especially I'm just like I just want to have fun try different things you know sometimes it doesn't always work and that's fine (laughs) wash it off but you know it's like you tried it you know and that's the fun in it and I think there's like having a sense of humor about it too like it's we always said this at Sephora it's like it's not that serious it's just makeup you know (laughs) It's not like your whole face is going to burn off, like, hopefully. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> they won't with make, I yeah. know for sure. But it's, like, it's just, you know, like, it's not that serious. And yeah. if it doesn't work, like, 
try something else. Exactly. You know? Wait, so what is your, like, in your day-to-day, like, what is the stuff that you are most, like, getting into? I know you're, like, such a hyper-creative, so I'm kind of, like, curious to, like, see behind the scenes. Well, right now, like, with Make, I'm really focused on us getting into retail. So I've been spending this whole year on thinking about, like, what does Make look like in retail? Where does it sit? Who's it next to? What's its point of view? Like, getting really specific about, like, where we're going I've realized to what we were talking about earlier, where I feel like everyone around me is having so much more success or things are moving faster for them. Like, I always try to remind myself, like, I'm here to build a generational brand. Like, I want this brand to be around decades from now. And I want it to feel like something that is familiar that, like, has, you know, stood the test of time. Legacy. Like, that is a legacy brand. So I really try to focus, like, what are makes sort of points of difference. And to me, like, it's important that Make is an accessible brand, that it looks chic, that it, like, has really nice, interesting packaging, feels luxe. You know, everything in our brand is under $40. So, you know. Which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's a very accessible price point. Yeah. Sometimes I'll look at stuff. Like, I was looking at Sephora the other day, and I was like, what? It's how much? (laughs) Yeah. And, like, you know, I've worked at luxury retailers, and i haven't always had to pay for beauty and you're like lucky in that way but I'm like what yeah <laughs> you're like much? how much who for what yeah you know and then I also it's really important to me that make is a brand that artists use like that to me I sort of think about Mac in this way of course because they were such they were like such an artistry brand and for consumers mm-hmm. and so I I constantly am DMing you know makeup artists offering to some product anytime they need stuff for their kits. You know, I have my YouTube show called Makeup with Friends, which is like with artists. And, you know, to me, I'm just like, oh my God, this makeup artist is like here at my house, like <laughs> doing my makeup, you know? And like, to me, that that obviously makes me feel good, but there's an educational piece to it also, which I think is important for me personally, like as a brand founder. But so I'm really focused on like now everything that I'm doing, I'm like, okay, like, does it sort of check those boxes and also just really working on like refining everything because from when we relaunched the brand until now, I think all of the same concepts were there, but they looked different. And the other day I went into a deep spiral because I was like, everything is Frankenstein. That is wrong. This is wrong. I can't stand this. Oh my God. Yeah. Probably not a lot of people notice, but something I think I'm really good at in terms of being a creative is refining things and like elevating it and making it all very cohesive and like a unit and so I right now I'm kind of like cleaning up things and also focusing on like how to sell product online which is such a struggle I know crazy (laughs) it's like we had a marketing meeting the other day you know and we were like okay what are some things we can try and I'm like I (laughs) you're like "Uh." I don't know guys what do you think (laughs) you know it's like you just it's not like there's anything new that we haven't tried that's like some secret yeah thing that we're not doing but it you know it's like there's so much like how do you break through and I think for us a big part of that will be retail because you want to be able to test it and yeah feel it have it accessible you know but it's that's been the biggest challenge of this whole thing for me because I was never responsible for actually selling the product I was responsible for creating the imagery and the assets and the story behind something or you know, the concept. And then I'm like, here you go. Yes. Good luck in your hands now. Yeah, like, my job is done. And now I'm like, 
oh, yeah, the way I shot that, you can't really see what that is, mm-hmm. you know? And my business partner is very patient, and he, like, knows that I'll get there. But he'll just be like, hmm, I don't know. Is that a lipstick image? Like, kind of looks more like eyes to me. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you know, so it's just, like, a constant learning. But I'm very focused on retail. That's so exciting, Carrie. I also wanted to ask you, because you had mentioned sometimes, like, you can get caught up in the noise of things and not feel, like, as, like, ahead as you, sh- quote, unquote, should be. How do you, and like even for people listening who are like, well, I don't have a company, but like I can relate to that feeling, like feeling behind, yeah. like how do you just like stay grounded and like not com- like get lost in, in the spiral of like comparison? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, we're all guilty of it, yeah. like, right? But yeah. what is your recalibration? What is your... <laughs> Put your phone down, first of all. Yeah. Anytime I'm spiraling or, you know, you'll do like a... I call it an angry scroll where I'm just like, oh, you know, and I'm like, two more scrolls. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to actually just put my phone away, (laughs) turn it it down, like, just for a second. And then I, you know, I just remind myself that, like, I'm confident in what we're doing. I trust my team. I have so much trust in the brand, and I know that it's good and that what we're building is something that will, you know, like take a little less time. I mean, we'll be slower. So I, you know, as much as I can, I just try to like remind myself, like you have a North Star, you know where you're going, just stay focused on that. And then I try to just move on and not like let it pull me in, which can be hard sometimes, but. I get it. I have a really good, like sort of, I call it my like adult voice where I'll, like, have adult Carrie be like, okay, actually, hold on one second. (laughs) You're spiraling. Like, take a deep breath. Like, you're good. Wow. Um, Did it take a while for you to cultivate that, or has that always been there? I So when I was in my early 20s, I lived in San Francisco, and I had so much anxiety. I think just because I was, you know, like, I had lived in Colorado. I was an athlete. Like, I wasn't – had never lived in a big city. I had just – that year, like, just visited San Francisco. So I was just very overwhelmed. Like, my anxiety just, you know, I was an anxious person. And I did this. This was a long time ago, too. This was, like, 15 years ago. I did this, like, MDMA therapy with a therapist. Wow. And it was, like, through one of the universities. So yeah. it was, like, for testing. And now that's very common. But, um, yeah, we did, like, an eight-hour therapy session I don't know. I don't remember if, like, going into it, it was about this. But, like, I saw this, like, inner child version of myself, which I think a lot of people now that if you're an adult in your, like, 30s, then I think you've, like, (laughs) realized this concept of, like, inner child and, like, (laughs) how you're not that same person anymore. And, like, it was just such a vivid thing to, like, be sort of out of body and see this inner child version of myself. And I had this realization that, like, that's like that is not who I am and so much of my anxiety was rooted in that so that was super helpful and then I think just you know I've done like a lot of different things for anxiety or for you know mental health or yeah just you could call them woo woo because I just think they're interesting and they think they're like good for creative people and also like I'm very interested in like bettering myself and you know that was one thing that really helped and I also last summer I talked to a clairvoyant who like sort of organized the I don't want to say voices because they were like <laughs> it sounds crazy or the but parts the parts, the parts of yourself yeah <laughs> <laughs> and 
and it was like the child version, the current version, and then this sort of like ethereal, like you know, all of my lives in one this yeah. wise person, like master self. Yeah, yes. And so it just you know being able to like separate those, I think, is a really helpful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just practicing like taking a pause. I have this conversation with people so much now where I'm like, just take a pause and take a deep breath and just ask yourself, like, why am I anxious? Or like, what am I upset about? You know, or like, what is it that I need right now? And not making yourself wrong for how you're feeling because that doesn't help, you know? And just just being like, okay, one second. (laughs) What's the problem? Okay, great. Like, can you fix it? Yes or no. And then if you can't, move on because you can't fix it. If you can, do that. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot of practice. Yeah, it is a <laughs> lot of practice. I relate yeah. to every single thing you just said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm always like, we can do this. I'm like always, I'm like checking in because I definitely run more anxious as well. Yeah. And I'm always like, okay, okay, like what do we, what do I need right now? Mm-hmm. Do I need to just like take a beat? Do I need to like reorganize my schedule? Yeah. Do I need to like take something? Later earlier this week, I just like I had to cancel some stuff off my schedule because I was like, my brain's not there. I can't yeah. do it. I can't show up the way I want to. And like yeah. I need to take a step back. And I feel like cultivating that compassionate voice is like a game changer. Yeah. And it's like, it's not like one day you just arrive there. It's like constantly a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then something will happen and you're like, wow, I really thought I was good at managing things. And, yeah. Um, wow. This is anxiety I haven't felt in a long time. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, I actually am less anxious than I've ever been. That's so I good. I think it's because I, I mean, I feel very happy with myself, but I also am around people who are super supportive, who I trust. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like with work, for example, like I just really trust the people I work with. Mm-hmm. And I know that we are all focused on the same goal. Like we are all working towards the same thing and we all, we are close and have a really good level of trust with each other. And, you know, in the beginning I was really overwhelmed because there was just, I, ha- I guess I had this like idea of what a, an owner, a founder is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, obviously it's not that because I would like, you know, I, I sat next to Emily in the early days and like I uh, I was like in awe of her mm-hmm. and I still am. And that was like my sort of barometer for what an owner is or a founder. And I'm like, yeah, there are parts of that, like parts of that are my job. But like most of my job is not that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it also I felt so attached because I I back then, you know, like when we relaunched it, I was such a perfectionist and I still am, but like it gets in the way of getting things done. Yes. Always (laughs) say done is better than perfect. A hundred percent. Like I'd rather get something out 80% out the door. Yeah. Otherwise, like, and this is, I feel like this is the creative process, but like, I know so many people who are so deeply talented Mm -hmm. still who like haven't put out work and stuff Yeah. because they're like kind of obsessing over the perfection of it, but I'm like, just get it out there. Yeah. It's It's a tough thing, though, as a creative, because you're like, I want this to look as perfect as it exists in my head. Yeah. And especially, like, I think when you're creative, it's really hard to do that. And when you are, you know, I am the face of the brand. So people, it's like not that many people know, but like, I know that some people know, (laughs) like, make, you know, they know that it's my brand. So I'm like, you know, that I'm, I was very attached to it then. And less attached now, which I actually think is like better for the brand and for me. But 
you know, I just, I care so much as this thing that I'm putting out there and I want it to be perfect, but my perfect is not someone else's perfect. This 80% version is probably like more than enough. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> it's someone's like 150%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, it just, I don't know, it just got in the way. And also like letting go of being a perfectionist really eased my anxiety because it just, it's consuming and it also doesn't exist. Like perfectionism is not Perfect does not exist. And it just, it gets in the way. And I have too much to do. So I'm like, (laughs) not helpful. Thank you. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) You know? Yeah, 100%. When you have your North Star that you were speaking of, like, you're like, I have my North Star and know what I'm working toward. I'm curious, honestly, Carrie, about like your rituals or like how you like define your North Star. Mm -hmm. Are you someone who like, you're like at the top of the year, like I write goals down and like I work toward those. Are you someone who's like, I'm constantly recalibrating and like asking myself like what it is that I desire to like achieve or accomplish? Like, what does that look like for you? <laughs> well, I think when it comes to work, I'm not someone who's like, oh, I'm going to write everything down or like I I maybe used to do that, but um, or vision boards or something. But I've always just been like, this is my goal and that's what I'm working towards. And then I let it go. You're non-specific. Yeah. Like I, I'm very adamant and specific about what the goal is. Like, for example, getting into retail, that's the goal. How we get there, I'm open to. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I know that by next year, like this time next year, like I want to be standing in Sephora. <laughs> like, I swear. You will, you will. like I, Hi. I, I think Sephora is perfect for me personally. Yeah you know, standing in a store and like seeing make in store, like that's my goal. And I know that it will happen. I just believe that, that it will happen. And then how we get there, I'm open to. Mm -hmm. And I think that I definitely do a lot of like recalibrating. I used to be really rigid about like, I want this thing by this time and this blah, blah, Mm -hmm. you know, and then as you live as an adult, you're like, (laughs) that didn't really happen, did it? Okay. Or things, like, unfold on their own timeline. Like, you can't yeah. control it all the time. Right. And I also think that if you're rigid about goals and how it's going to happen, you can miss, like, opportunities or people that can come into your lives and they could actually, like, make the thing better or help you more than what you had imagined in your mind. Like, that happened with with me and my business partner, Ben. Like, I never thought about owning a brand. It wasn't something I was interested in. You know, I was sort of at the end of my, like, journey with beauty because I had, like, checked off, you know, Sephora, Glossier, Violet Grey. Like, I was like, oh, I'm good, you know. And then when Ben asked me to partner with him, I was kind of like, sure, yeah, let me think about it. But because I hadn't thought about it yet, you know. And I I also, like, at the time, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, really. And then a few hours later, I was like, um, it's a hard yes. Like, let's fucking go, you know. <laughs> like, obviously, it's a yes. Yeah. But I think it's important to try things, like, to know where you're going and what it is that you ultimately, where you want to get to. But for me, I, it's helpful for me to try things and, okay, that thing didn't work. You know, I'm going to try something else. Mm-hmm. And, like, as long as you're sort of moving forward, like, towards the goal, I'm not attached to how it happens. Yeah. And I do think that takes a lot of trusting yourself and also like trusting your team or your friends or your partner or, you know, trusting the people around you and being able to like have the flexibility to, to say like, 
okay, I tried that thing. It didn't work. I'm going to move on and try something else mm-hmm. and recalibrate. Just stay focused on like the one thing, the thing that you want, but not how you get there. Yes. I think it's really important because yes. there's so much that's out of your control. Yeah. And there's no better way to learn that than having a physical product because <laughs> there's a lot of steps it takes, like uh, supply chains and shipping and I, formulation, the, formulation and product compat, like packaging compatibility, all things I claims. Had. Yeah, claims. Guys, any claim you see on a packaging, <laughs> yeah, that has just, to go through third party testing usually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sure does. And just you know, just all the steps it takes to get somewhere, and you know, it's like. When we were trying to launch color last year, it was originally going to be mascara and eyeliner. When we had tested, this was also, we were testing this during COVID. So we had like just a little bit of formula, you know, we had to like put the wiper on the component and, you know, attach the brush and sort of like make sure that it worked. But it's not like we had all the things yeah, because we couldn't get them. Um, And so when I opened the mascara on set, like the wiper was too big for the brush so it wasn't taking anything off and I was like this is a problem (laughs) you know and it took nine months to like recalibrate and that was the first time I was like I'm devastated you know like I had I was so you know I was excited and I was anticipating and it was like I was so focused on this thing that was going to happen and then it's like it didn't happen we figured it out and that happens all the time yeah like it still happens now yeah and I think we're fully out of like COVID supply chain issues, you know, but things will happen and like something separates after you produce it and you're like, mm. yeah. <laughs> so we already ran the whole production. Yeah. And they're all separating. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Cool. What's next? What's up? You yeah. Know, like you just, <laughs> you have such limited energy that like freaking out about something that has already happened and is out of my control is not a good use of my energy. Yeah. So I just, you know, sometimes it, if I need to have a little menti B, as they call it, I will fully lean in. And I like this happened on Monday for I don't know what reason, but I was like, you know what? I need to cry and I'm just it's eclipse it. season. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, oh, can we just move on? Yes. Yeah. These moons, I'm good. These moons are, yeah. They're, mm-mm. yeah. Yeah. I was telling, um, Sip and Nish, I was like, they were like, you always seem so cool and collected. And I was like, I have quick cries. Mm-hmm. Like, my, I have men TBs, but they're like, I let my, I don't hold it in. Yeah. Like, I let myself express in the moment. And then I'm like, okay. Yeah. Let's like reorient yeah. instead of like, bo- like, I think historically, like, I bottled it up mm-hmm. and was like, I'm just going to like hold it all in. But mm-hmm. like, <laughs> Like, it no. comes out eventually, it, so. I know. <laughs> can't, can't stay in forever. What is your human design? Do you know it? I'm a manifest generator. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was just at a dinner with friends who asked me that, and I was like, I don't know. I have the app in. Here it is. They were like, oh, you're, of course. You're. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> is it because I'm an Aries or? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're not related? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, in my head, they're related. Yeah. I really want to have someone like this is just a sidebar, but I really want to have someone on the podcast who does human design because I feel yeah. like it's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who don't know what human design is, it's like the same thing as like taking your birth chart information, your like birth time, and it plugs it into, I think of it almost like it's an Enneagram, mm. but for like 
your birth time and it tells you how you best operate, which I feel like is so beneficial because I know a lot of people feel like they walk through this world, obviously in the one system that we're given, which is very like 24 hour, go, 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 get it done at all costs. And what is so cool about learning your human design is like how you operate, how you call things in, how you like manifest your desires. And so that's why I asked you because I think it's like always really interesting to be like, I I think people in founder seats always have for the most part, well, there are different kinds of founders, but like kind of the type of business that you're in, it makes sense Mm -hmm. that you're a mini gen. Yeah. And like a lot of generator energy is like kind of required for working and like a type of industry like this that is so consumer packaged goods facing because you're like I need the like wellspring of energy at all times (laughs) lots of stamina yeah lots of stamina like I think a lot of like projectors and like other design types tend to have like their own like small businesses Mm -hmm. where they're like I'm a coach or like whatever again take all of this with a grain of salt guys like all of these you could do whatever you want in based off your human design I'm kind of generalizing here but Yeah, I think it's very interesting. I like those things because I think they help you identify things you're good at, which is important. And there are things that I know I'm really good at, and I try to really focus my energy on those things. Like, I, of course, because I'm a recovering perfectionist, wanted to be good at everything, and it's just not – it's just not true. Yeah. And there is someone better at the thing I'm not good at, and I want them to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, managing a team and having to be in this, uh, you know, decision-making position, it's important to know, like, I am really good at this thing and to know that I'm not great at this thing. I've just started to do this, too, because I, like, recently, well, I guess it's not recent anymore, but I ha- got an assistant. And oh, good for able- you. Thank you. It was strange because I like to do everything myself. Yes. I literally can't. And it was hard for me in the beginning to pass things off or ask for things that I needed help with. And now I'm of this mindset of like, I need to clear things off my schedule or off of my workload that are not worth my energy yes. or that like are not things I have the time for, mm-hmm. which before I would have, you know, and I was doing this, doing everything and not doing it that well. And there are things that, like, I want to make more time for. And, you know, sometimes I'll be like, I'm really sorry, but can you do this thing? It's annoying. She goes, don't be sorry. It's my job. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I love her. like, thank you for reminding me. Like, (laughs) Or she'll she'll be like, I'm really sorry to bug you. And I was like, it's your job to bug me. Like, you never bug me. You know, it's we're both the same in that way. But I've really tried to identify what I'm – not the best at. Yes. And not focus on getting better at it. Yeah. You know, like there's things I want to learn, of course, but like I am really good at what I do, the things that I do, and I want to focus on that. And then I have a team around me who's like good at doing the things that I don't like to do or I'm not great at. Yes. Wait, I love that you, how you said that you were like, I don't want to focus on the things. I don't need to get better at the things that I'm not good at. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just don't. I, I'm so sick of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sick of it. <laughs> and, you know, there is someone who is really good at it. And, you know, this is actually something that my dad said to me. He owned a business and he was like, find people, hire people who are better than you are at, you know, like who are the best at what they do mm-hmm. and they know more than you do be around those people because a you'll learn and also like you'll get the best result yes and I always remember that and my 
partner, Ben, was also just like, I know what I'm really good at and I know what I'm not good at. We do this thing when we hire people. It's called a cultural index. I don't know if you've heard of that. Mm -mm. I think it's like a professional tool. I don't know if you can like download an app or anything, but everyone takes a CI test and it gives you sort of like a same, like it names what kind of person you are at work. And mine is called the debater, which... Oh, wait, I've done this test before. Yeah, which is a strange name, I think. But once I got to know it more, I was I was kind of like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I resisted what it said at first. And I took it twice because I was convinced that, <laughs> you know. Like a bitch, Yeah, and they were all like, that's what a debater would do. And I got the same result, so it turns out. You're like at the end of the test, it's like, and a debater will take this quiz yeah. twice. <laughs> because they don't want to believe that they're a debater. You know, and this is kind of like a work personality, and I I think that I do think it's true. It's like I want to keep the peace and I want to make sure everyone is happy. Mm. And I want to make sure that it's like a very balanced, not contentious work environment. I tend to avoid a conflict at work. I'm not like that in my personal life. And I also, you know, like I seek a lot of kind of affirmation, even though I believe in what I'm doing. I like this is why Ben and I work so well together because I'll be like, I just want to run this by you and make sure I'm right about it. More often than not, he's like, yeah, that looks good. Or he'll be like, yes, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, great. I just needed the reassurance. Yeah. So I'm kind of that person at work. And I resisted it for so long. But then I was like, you know what? That's true. Yeah. And you're like, listen, this is just who I am. And like, yeah, yeah thank you for the tool for how to like operate a little bit better. Right. Wait, I love this. Also, I feel like this is kind of in tandem with this. But I liked what you said about like, Uh, making sure that you are in spaces where you kind of like have smarter people in the room than necessarily like, you know, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room all the time, which I wonder like you particularly are so good at kind of like putting yourself in new spaces. I would say like you're someone who's very like you are tapped into your network. You've told me this before, but you're like, I have, I say yes. Like I show up. <laughs> um, <laughs> it might have been a season you were in when we were last chatting Yeah, about it was it. earlier this year. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more tired now, but <laughs> I but, still say yes. Yeah, but I feel like you do such a good job at intentionally showing up in spaces that might be like new or challenging you or – um you know, just uh, allowing you to kind of like expand yourself. So what has that process been like? And like, how can we like begin to also start to do that for ourselves? Even something, I mean, you can take it in a career sense, but also like even for people who've just like moved to new cities, like how do we like put our, cause I'll also backtrack here for a second and share a little bit of a story. I feel like I'm that person now, but it took a couple hard lessons for Mm -hmm. me of not having the best of circles and having to have like friendship breakups and like having to really audit who I was around to finally be in a place where like, I'm like, holy shit, I love all the people I'm surrounded by, but it took work. (laughs) Yeah, it it does take work. And I also used to be extremely socially anxious. Like when I moved to LA, especially, I I just didn't want to leave my house. Like I was anxious about just like being out or what, and here especially, I mean, I moved to West Hollywood and like going to the Air One hot bar, I was like, this is so anxiety producing. (laughs) Anyone who's not in LA, like I just need to explain to you, like going to Air One, (laughs) like is 
It's a watering hole. It's a watering hole of hot people and <laughs> yeah. people like just looking so immaculate. And sometimes I just show up to hot bar need it, like in my like being a gremlin, and I'm yeah. just like I have to lean into this. Yeah, like. <laughs> I mean I think that's part of it. Like just going and like also these people are it's their job to look hot. Yeah, you know, and I'm like good for you. You look great. Yeah. I, however, have been in these sweatpants all day, and I don't care. So <laughs> I want this cauliflower. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it took me, like, it just, I just didn't do it. I just got very anxious, and I also had a hard time talking to people, you know, and I think having a brand, having to be, you know, forward-facing, it gave me a little push because I have to do it. And not only did my team push me to do that, and then, you know, as I just started doing it, it got a lot easier. And I could understand the benefit, like I could see the benefit of it. Like every time I go to an event, I always meet someone new. I'll make sure to connect with them on Instagram after, you know, like I really try to make an effort to to do that because I know how much it benefits the brand. It benefits my network, which ultimately like is good for me, good for my brand, you know. And your personal fulfillment. Too, yeah. Being like. Exactly. I always say that too. It's so funny you said that because every time I'm like dragging my toes about going to an event, I'm like, Tati, every time you go to an event, you make a friend. Yeah. Who like becomes impactful in some capacity. Right. So it's like, just show up. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that, especially in a big city and a big city like LA, um, because we're not all walking around, it's important to find that connection. And I think even with friend group, and I've had to do this a lot too, some like friend breakups, but I think I was really only fulfilled and happy here specifically in LA is the longest place I've ever lived. It's only been six years, but you know, like I've moved a lot. I have friends in lots of cities, but like once I found my group of friends here, like that's when I really felt connected and I felt like this is my home and now I never want to leave. Like Whenever I have to travel somewhere, I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'm sick. I don't know. I'm not going to go. I shouldn't go. I don't want to leave. <laughs> you know? And just also practicing, like, it's, you know, this is true whether you're a socially confident person or not. Sometimes it just doesn't go great, and that's fine. And, you know, I try to show up as best I can, and sometimes I just can't, and I'm like, fuck. Like, oh, I was really tired, and I was probably, like, bitchy, you know? But... <laughs> But I did it anyway, and, yeah. uh, you know, it's, like, just as much as you can, like, just just try to show up. Even if you just go for 20 minutes, you know, like, it'll get easier over time. And um, I think it's important to have – I think your original question was about, like, building a network and putting yourself out there. Like, part of me didn't have a choice, which I appreciate because I actually do crave connection. And I think, too, that it's important – for women and for founders to like be in a network together like 100% I you know I worked for a lot of founders and I just kind of now I'm sort of like I wish we were more connected because I'm at a stage that you've been at before and you know like we have a base level understanding of like what each is going through and so I it's you know I love the dinners that like SIF hosts or you know, I was doing like some wine societies with like female founders or, you know, entrepreneurs because I'm like, it's not a competition. And like, we're all here to help each other, especially as women, you know, like, even though, you know, we're in beauty or wellness, it's like, there's still lots of men up there. Yes. The top. Tons. And like, you know, if you're trying to get money, a lot of, you know, fundraising is with men and, 
you know, I love men. I have no problem with them for the most part. But I'm also like, let's help each other out. You know, like I, I, in the beginning, I was like, these problems are so crazy. And no, none of my friends know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like supply chain issues, you know. And then as I started to get more connected with founders, it was like, oh, just thank God you like at least know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's just it's supportive <laughs> and it, it's uplifting. And like someone said to me the other day, like it it was about the transaction of some brand, but it was like, it's great because if this brand does well, it was like maybe a small or indie like clean brand. It's like when that brand succeeds, the rest of us succeed with them because they've succeeded. Mm -hmm. So it's like proof of concept, that kind of idea. It's like, no, no, no. When we all do well, we all do well. Yeah. You sell, then more brands can sell. Just we're all going in the same direction. Yes. Not a competition. It's not a competition. And I feel like what's interesting is like kind of like these like four, <laughs> these like people who paved the way, especially in beauty. Like, and I think of like a lot of these like, I don't know, kind of like these quintessential like when the girl boss era was like peaking. Yeah. It was very much, and I don't blame them for being this way because that's fucking what the male dominated industry kind of does to totally. a lot of women. But it was very much like, no, like I'm not talking to anybody. Like mm -hmm. I'm staying in my lane. And I really love this kind of new kind of wave that I've been seeing with a lot of founders where it's just like, honestly, like we're not even comp like, don't worry about it. Like yeah. we could literally be in the same industry making the same products yeah but our brands are so different yeah and like I've met so many amazing people even out in LA who like I remember when I first met Mackie from Woo More Play and she was like I was telling her about a couple of things and like she's just like yeah I don't see anything that like other people in the sexual wellness category are doing as competition really she's like I just like I'm down for like more of a community and a network yeah. over worrying about what everybody else is doing and right like, and as consumers, we all use multiple brands. Exactly, which is the coolest yeah. part about where, like, everything has gone, I feel like, with beauty and with wellness and everything. It's, yeah. like, back in the day, it was, like, no one wanted to admit, like, the Revlons of the world didn't want to admit that, like, you weren't using every product of theirs. Yeah. But now it's, like, about the fucking shelfie yeah. and being, like, look at my entire collection of beauty products yeah. and like what I'm mixing well together. And I feel like it's kind of probably been cool for brands to even see like where they're like sister brands to kind of appear and yeah. then like cool partnerships to arise. Yeah. So it's very exciting. Yeah. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Carrie, what is currently on your bedside table right oh now? Oh my God, it's a mess. <laughs> I had one Lately of guys, everyone's been coming to the show being oh. like, my bedside table is not well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had one of those mornings where I like woke up I've been having like some I just haven't been feeling very good lately and I like had a weird sleep schedule and so like the other night I fell asleep at eight o'clock which is that's not me very early at all and then I passed out I woke up at 11 you know tried to go back to sleep I've been having weird dreams also of like and then I'll wake up to feeling like something's touching my neck it's very strange, but a different conversation. <laughs> anyway, I couldn't sleep. And then I woke up at 4.30 and I was kind of like, I'm hungry and like I might as well just stay up because if I go back to sleep, I'm going to be dragging, you know. And so I like got a snack, whatever. I ended up eating the snack and going back to sleep. And I woke up and I like was so, you know, it's like you get that REM sleep like yeah. very like, 
you know, between four and six or whatever. So I was deep sleep. And then I woke up from that and I was so disoriented. And I looked over at my bedside table and I was like, if anybody saw this, I think they would be worried about me. It was like multiple liquids, you know, maybe some wine, two different bottles of water, sparkling water. There's also a Coke can, like lots of beverages. I don't know why that was in there. I'm not like drinking Coke in bed, you know, but it was in there. And then like all these supplements and like, uh, like my phone and then my like empty cereal bowl. And I was kind of like, this is a mess. <laughs> this is a mess. And then I cleaned it up and, you know, now it's very organized. It just, I have a candle. I think it's a, a Frederick Mall candle. And then I have my supplements, some body lotion, like my phone charger. I love it. It's usually it's minimal. Yeah. But the other, the other night, the other day we had a low. We, 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 we had a low. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I probably got my period or something. And I was like, yeah, it all makes sense. It, uh, it always makes sense. <laughs> yeah. The other day, so wait, weird. such a side tangent, and then I'll wrap it up. But the other day, I was sitting at my kitchen table, immediately start crying oh, no. because I didn't see, I thought of the Up soundtrack. Um, and like, there, I don't know why I thought of this, okay? Like, there were no visuals, you guys. It was like a figment of my imagination as I'm sitting, like, eating dinner. Mm-hmm. And I thought of the Up soundtrack. And like, I've seen videos of like, it was this one, like, old man who went to Chili's and he's sitting at the booth and he has oh like this God. framed photo of his wife, like, dining with like this deceased wife and the Up soundtrack. And I'm literally just sitting at my table thinking of this immediately burst into tears yeah my boyfriend's like are you good and I was like I don't know like guys again micro mentees yeah and next morning woke up period it's like hormones are wild I call it a um a hormonal hostage situation oh that's brilliant yeah because I'm like I was trying to explain this to a male friend I was like you I know that like every, you know, they're always like, don't, don't you anticipate it? And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) I don't. Yeah. It happens every month. I know it's going to happen, but like, it's such a, a, like a takeover that it's like, I feel trapped in like my hormones. It's only like a day or two. And then it's like, when you just are like, oh my God, everything I thought that was good is bad. And like, just a spiral 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 and you're just like what's wrong with me all these things and then you're you're like oh wait it's okay. literally like a like i don't know how to explain it. it's a daze it's, it's a- like a i don't know it's it's crazy but i'm always like oh. yeah i think everyone right. yeah it's yeah. it's hysterical it's just oh being a woman yeah <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, where can we <laughs> Great transition. Where can we find more of Make, follow you, everything you're up to? Make is on Instagram and TikTok as Make Beauty Official. And then my Instagram is Carrie underscore Barber. And my TikTok is maybe the same. I'm not really sure. We'll find you. We'll link it. I'm on the internet. I'm on the internet. (laughs) You have really great – I love your content these days. Thank you. It's just so – it's so you. It's so make. It's just – it's really great. And you're always inspiring me to, like, play with makeup. Oh, good. Like, I'm just like, I just want to play. Yeah. Great. 
Yeah. Okay, I did my job. I know. You are. Yeah, you're doing it well. You're doing Great. it well. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having I me. I love chatting with you. Me too. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Betside Podcast. I hope you loved this episode as much as we did making it. If you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, or if you just want to chat, don't hesitate to reach out to us at The Bedside on Instagram and thebedside.co online. You can also find us at By The Bedside on TikTok. To stay updated on our latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred platform. And if you found this episode valuable, I would so greatly appreciate if you could leave us a rating, a review, text it to a friend, share it to your Instagram stories. Let's get this message out there loud and clear. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week.